are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I am Miss Shannon, and I am always happy to, to share um, this uh, this time with you, courtesy of our rotating panel of experts that come in with a lot of really wise counsel on things that are going out there in our regular life. And uh, a good friend of mine, and also in the same, I think, mom boat that a lot of us are, our friend, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. Hello, Dr. Amy. Good morning. Thank you for navigating these crazy parenting roads uh, along with the rest of us. Right. I'm a parent, too. I'm in the thick of it. <laughs> yes. And you have, a, you, you have kids that are in the same age group as mine. And so it's just, you know, we were just talking about this, and I think that it's very relatable to a lot of people out there, um, that... It used to be maybe you would have these explosive, you know, preteen or kid drama moments, and then you would be able to drop them off someplace else and have decompression <laughs> time. And now it may not be as explosive, but it's just continual. Constant. Exactly. Just, it's just all, all day. day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and me going, like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Please get away from me. Like, just, <laughs> could you just go in that room? I'm going to go in this room for just 10 minutes. Uh-huh. 10 minutes. That's all I'm doing. I do. I yeah. ask my kids that. Yeah. I say, oh, I just need a little space. Mom needs a little space. Just 10 minutes. That's it. I know you love me. I'm glad you're up on me, but I really, literally cannot breathe if you lean on me one more time right now. I just can't. <laughs> you are asphyxiating me with your love. Please get off me. Um, but I mean, we, you know, we, we love our families and we, um, we work really hard. A lot of us to have these families, you know, we, you know, it's something that we, you know, for a lot of people out there, they went into planning them for a really long time. And so we don't, you know, we want to be honest with you in that we cherish all of this for you. And we know that, you know, a lot of people out there, you have a lot of, um, ups and downs that are going on right now. And we know that that might have that sense of this isn't what I thought. You know, when I started this process and that's just so many things in life, right? So many things in life. And mm-hmm. I think um, the more that you can be part of a community, right? the more that you find that you're not the only ones that have these feelings or thoughts exactly. or, and it's okay, but it's really great to be able to talk to somebody and, and hear that, wow, this isn't only me that's experiencing all of this right now, because, mm-hmm. you know, especially in COVID, I feel like um, we don't have our extenders as much as we used to, as far right. as just seeing p- other people or, you know, talking with other people as much. And so, especially as parents, I think it can be really helpful to just really try and reconnect. Right. I agree. And I think it's interesting. Like, I actually had like a paddle, patio lunch with one of my friends who I used to hang out with more often, but he and his wife don't have kids. And it even occurred to me how much I kind of cherished those non kid family friends. Oh, yeah. Because 
I wasn't, it was one of the situations, because, you know, when we have kids, we end up talking with, you know, other people that have kids, you end up talking about your kids all the time. Uh But to have some friends that I'm like, I had a whole different world that I talked to them about (laughs) because they couldn't relate, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, we would talk about our cats because we had mutual (laughs) cat stories, but we didn't have those. And so it just occurred to me, I'm like, wow, I did have other things to talk about for a while. Yeah. And now I kind of don't. So. That's because that's our life. Exactly. And so we understand for any of you out there, we encourage you to get connected. Uh, If you are in uh, various stages of planning your family, if you've been working to expand it, if you're working to um, just maintain some sort of sanity, a good place to start. If you just want to be able to ask some questions and you're not sure how to frame them is to contact, you know, health foundations. Yes, we um, we really welcome lots of questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about this on the show a lot of time. That's not necessarily... um, it's it's hard to know sometimes the right question to ask to get the information that you need when it comes to your exactly. health care. Exactly. And so and we always and you know, we also talk about this that Google is not always, you know, our our best go to resource right. for everything. And so, you know, we really want to be that resource for people for um for women's health, for not only your contraception and PAPs and breast exams, but also just your general health care. Right. And pregnancy and, uh, you know, postpartum. And if you're going through some mood things, all of those things are things that you can come and talk to us about. And then you do a good job of helping connect them to go, okay, it may feel like this is this. We were just trying to figure out like I, I, a great example I thought is when we were talking about whether you were feeling stressed and you were getting hair loss. Right. Going, you know what, that might be a component of a lot of different health issues, not just, oh, I'm just getting older or this happened or I'm tight. You know, there's lots of things. Even the I'm tired might be a component of something else that talking to the right practitioner can help you. Yes. And we do a lot of that decoding for people. Right. And I think as as women and as parents, you know, we go through life a lot of times with those exact things that you just said. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we write it off. Yes. Oh, I'm just tired. It's. Oh, I, my hair's, <laughs> I'm losing my hair. Right. Or I, why is it thinning? Or, right. Or okay. you have these funny mm-hmm. symptoms that you kind of pay attention to. And then all of a sudden weeks. Exactly. Go by. And then something really is going on. Right. So try not to ignore those, you know, those early warning signs or those things that are happening. Treat you know, yourself better than you do your car. If you hear like a weird <laughs> creak in your car, you're like, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And then you don't. Oh, that is so true yeah. because I've been having this, um, this light come on every time I turn on my go car. and talk to somebody, <laughs> Dr. Amy. See? Oh, yeah. And, and you're like, it'll my... be fine. <laughs> it turns off. I just have to press this handy button (laughs) and it goes away. I hit reset. It's all right. No thinking about it. It'll be okay. But we do the same thing about our health in going, well, I've been tired for a while and it doesn't even occur to you how long that a while has been. Right. Because that's your like normal. Yeah. And you don't know that your new normal can be better. Exactly. So make some calls. And what we're going to talk about today, and we always encourage people to be part of the mom show. The number is 651-641-1071. I'm very, um, uh, I'm curious to hear your take on this because it has impacted some friends and uh, that I have um, watched them go through this journey. And so throughout the day and throughout the show today, we're going to talk about miscarriages and cover some concerns, some common misconceptions, uh, answer some questions. So if you have any, this is a good time because, you know, statistically, it does happen a lot more than we think. And I think that it's also one of those things that if you are in the midst of that journey, you do feel alone or feel like you're 
wrong in quotes or something's, you know, I did something. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. think, you know, it's nice for um, people to hear. It's about one in four. Right. um, Pregnancies that end in miscarriage. Right. That's a lot. Definitely. And the, the thing is, is, you know, this is happening, but not a lot of people are talking about it. Agreed. And so um, when women are pregnant and they experience miscarriage, um, it can feel very lonely. I think it can feel very scary. Mm -hmm. And um, you're, you know, have all these emotions. You're sad. It's a loss. Understandable. Right. And, and so, but we have not as a society or even as um, women and pregnant people really, you know, made this story or talked about or know what to expect or kind of have this tribe really right. mm-hmm. um, to help us through sometimes these harder, harder times in our life. Right. And to know that it is commonly uncommon and that you're allowed to go, I'm not broken. I'm not this, that, you know, there is support for you there to do support. this. You know, I think a lot of people, cause uh, you know, from my experience, it was very exposing for my friends to share that story. And so, but then knowing that it's like, no, this is a safe space that you can talk about that thing. And I will be in this moment with you as you're doing this. And what I find is women who um, sometimes start that conversation with their friends, Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden find out that they really aren't alone. Agreed. And that Mm -hmm. many of their friends have experienced miscarriages as well. Right. I hear that time and time again. Um, And, you know, more recently, and I don't know if this is because of COVID or just um, the women who've come into my life who've experienced miscarriage, but the last few months, I feel like women are really starting to want to share that story. Right. And just say, hey, my gosh, I went through this and this is how I felt. And I want women to know what to expect, you know, just not that they have to feel the way that I felt, right. but that, hey, this is this is what my experience was. So they have a little bit of a frame of reference um, about what their story might be like. And Dr. Amy, I think that it's one of those intersectionality type things where we talk about how how overlapping our physical health and our mental health and those things need to work together. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, a miscarriage is as much a physical process as it is a mental, emotional process. Right. And um, I think sometimes in our history, historically, how we've treated women who have experienced miscarriage, they haven't recognized that. Right. Um, And so, you know, we're in a different age and a different era. And, you know, I hope that they're the providers that women and pregnant people are seeing out there are, you know, attending to both. Right. Well, Dr. Amy, I'm encouraged to continue this conversation with you throughout the show. I know that there's lots of questions that we can answer in bulk and we can also cover some concerns. And what do we want to cover in our next segment? So we're going to start off with just a little bit about um what a miscarriage kind of might look like, signs and symptoms, how it's diagnosed, those sorts of things. Right. And we'll also take your calls if you have any questions or concerns. You can be welcome back to the mom show on my talk one oh seven one and streaming on my talk one oh seven one dot com. We appreciate you however you are listening to our show. I'm Miss Shannon. Dr. Amy Johnson Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics is with us. And we're talking about miscarriages today. And we started with that that statistic of one in four. Um, just to bring it home to 
well, why are we covering this? We're covering it because it's more common, but we it's something that probably does not get talked about enough. Right. And I think, um, well, it's there's just a lot of fear and sadness and unknown around it. Right. That I think it's nice to just talk about it a little bit in mm-hmm. case that's part of your story. And just to make sure that it's another one of those things that has a stigma behind it that you feel like you need to hide this thing happening. We're not oh, saying yeah. that you need to go and grab a megaphone and tell everyone in your neighborhood. But it is a valid thing to be able to talk about and go, there is you are not alone traveling through this journey right and Mm -hmm. i think you know we hear um women and pregnant people and families talk about you know waiting yes to tell people that they're pregnant Mm -hmm. primarily because of the possibility of miscarriage exactly and so we know that um most miscarriages happen early on and by 12 weeks Mm -hmm. your risk falls quite a bit to about five percent right and so oftentimes we do hear people say, oh, I'm going to wait to tell anybody, family or friends or or whoever it may I be. I was one of those people that I had you know, read enough and, and had enough concerns that I like we told some close family members and we hadn't told anyone else until I was like far enough along that I'm like, OK, all right. I feel pretty, pretty sure that we're OK. Yeah, because it is. I mean, just to compound the, you know, you want to be able to say, hey, and do it like in the, the, the TV shows and the movies that you're waving around a, you know, a, a stick that has like a pink line on it or whatever, <laughs> whatever the pregnancy tests look like, this home pregnancy tests look like now when you, know, when you grab them. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to tell anybody else. Right. And I think, you know, when we say that and when you even just think about how we think about possible loss. That alone, I think it sounds so isolating. I mean, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it because then to share that a baby has passed is very difficult. And I think sometimes people don't know how to respond or how to support. And Mm -hmm. so there's that whole other piece. But I think too, you know, even just thinking about um, how we hold to ourselves that information, you know, that can be isolating and fearful and all of those things as well. And so, um, so it's not that there's a right or a way wrong way. That's not what I'm saying here. It's just more recognizing. Exactly. And then kind of looking at how we think about things and our culture and society thinks about things and, and, you know, just bring awareness to it. And I think that that in and of itself is helpful. Right. So we were going to talk about some of the warning signs that you might have. So you said that this is usually things that we would be most concerned about early on in your pregnancy journey. Right. And mm-hmm. so these are also things that you um, would want to be checking in with your provider about. OK. And so um Generally, you know, with a miscarriage, you know, the first thing that you might notice is any sort of vaginal spotting or bleeding. Okay. Uh, A lot of times you can have a low backache with it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about kind of getting your period. Right. It Mm -hmm. kind of feels like your period's coming on. Um, And then you might have what we what you might associate with period cramps. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But any sort of like abdominal pain, period cramp type feelings or what we would call contractions. Right. Because it is it is kind of like a small labor that you're going to be going through. Right. And so the contractions are your uterus cramping down to rid your body of those products of conception. Right. And so that's where that kind of painful sensation comes from. 
And it's good to talk about the initial things because for many people, especially if it's your first pregnancy, you don't know what you're supposed to feel because you haven't gone through it before. Right. And some of these things also can be kind of normal in pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have a little vaginal spotting, you know, after intercourse when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes women have a little bit of spotting in their early pregnancy and that can be normal as well. Right. And so, you know, when women and pregnant people call us and they say, okay, I have some spotting or I'm bleeding a little bit and they may or may not have a backache. They don't have cramps and it's kind of like, okay, now what? Exactly. And partly it can be a a watch and wait Mm -hmm. or sometimes we'll give people the option of, you know what, Um, depending on what week they are in their pregnancy, we can say, well, why don't you come in and let's do an ultrasound right. and and see if we see a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not watching and waiting. Exactly. And you can come in and you can get information and, and know then. Right, because you feel so stressed out anyway. So to have that tenuous anxiety of, am I overreacting or should I really be doing something? Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's a very difficult decision to make. Right. And I think, too, um, you know, if it is too early in the pregnancy to um, see a heartbeat or to know if baby's okay, you know, then it is that watch and wait scenario. And then I think that can be really, you know, it's difficult. Oh, I'm sure. Because Mm -hmm. there's all the what ifs. Right. Should I lie? Should I lie down? Should I not lie down? Should I be eating this? Should I not be eating that? Am I drinking enough water? Am I not? It's a too many questions, I think, going on in your brain as well. It's not just I'm going to sit here and be able to rest and be peaceful while right. I'm waiting. I'm sure that it's uh, just a, a, an Gazillion absolute. Yes. Just a, a, a crash and a train wreck in your brain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think that that. Is baby okay? Is baby not okay? Right. Is, am I feeling something more? Am I not feeling something more? Is this more? Is it not more? Should I be calling? You know, all of those things. And then oftentimes I feel like women sometimes go through this a little bit on their own. Right. Um, or they, you know, of course, partners um, can be very supportive. But they're not in your head. They're not in your head. Right. And sometimes um, maybe they don't know how to support. Yeah. Right. But I think, too, just kind of like women in labor, women who are miscarrying, even just to be with them and sit with them Mm -hmm. or hold their hand or just to have that presence of somebody can be really helpful. Right. So is there any other physical sign that we should be looking for? At, during the onset, you know, those are kind of the big ones, right? Okay, and I think too, you know, we talk um, to women and pregnant people who start our care about, you know, kind of this long list of warning signs, right? That we go through that they that we want them to call the clinic or to check in with the on call midwife, and you know, these things about miscarriage, you know, that's why your providers are there. Right. So whether it's calling the nurse line or calling the clinic and thing if that's something that you should go in for um it it's all it's all okay right you know those things you don't know what to expect and so being able to talk with a nurse or your provider over the phone um to help go through those kind of initial steps and questions can be really helpful right so once you get to that point and you're having that phone call do you have any good suggestions for how you go through that waiting period well, you know, I think to not do it alone. Right. Um, um, sometimes I feel like w- women and pregnant people might feel st- 
I don't know if stoic is the right word or that they don't want to inconvenience people or they're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. You know, don't do that on your own. Right. Well, we are going to do more on this conversation of miscarriages, our common concerns and questions when we get back. And so, Dr. Amy, we appreciate you being part of the show. If you would like to be part of the show, you can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show on My Talk 107 and also on My Talk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic. We've been talking about miscarriages and the common concerns and questions that we would have about them. So we covered the initial, here's what might be happening mm-hmm. and gave you some some warning signs. And so now that we, let's say we're already past that, what we have, what happens to us next, Dr. Amy? So what to ex- what kind of to expect in your experience right. in a miscarriage? Well, um, there's three different options when we think about um, if you know that you are mis- going to miscarry or miscarrying. Mm-hmm. One is, and a couple of these you can do at home, and then one would happen in a hospital. Okay. So one is watchful waiting. Okay. So... Um, Maybe you've had an ultrasound and you see that baby has no heartbeat. Right. Or maybe you've had a little bit of spotting, but somehow there's been a confirmation that baby has passed. Right. Um, It is okay to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be a couple of days or it can be a couple of weeks mm-hmm. until that miscarriage process um, starts or is completed. Okay. And so, um, and so sometimes people choose to do that. Okay. Um, there is also a medication approach. And this is something that you would go in and have a conversation about with your provider. And this is something that um, often you can do at home as well. Um, and so it happens over the course of generally two days, but okay. maybe up to a week. Um, and it, it's something where you take um, a medication, um, uh, two doses, and then it helps kind of remind your body to say, hey, it's time to let baby go. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's something that a process that you can talk through with your provider. Um, the other one is um, what's called a DNC. Okay. And um, this is where you would go into a, a hospital and it's a procedure where um, uh, your cervix is dilated and then there's special instruments that go in and it helps um, remove any products of conception. Okay. Um, and then once that procedure is over, uh, you might have a little bit of spotting or bleeding, but then, you know, essentially that then that's done. Right. So, you know, there's not a right again. There's not a right or a wrong answer for this. This is very individual. And yes. I think this is where uh, providers really um, should be having that conversation uh, with pregnant people just to see what they're most comfortable with. Right. What's best for your physical and mental health when yep. you're in that, that scenario. And for whatever is happening in your specific situation, something might make more sense than others. Um, but I think sometimes... Um, women maybe don't even know they have options right? and maybe are presented only uh, with, with one 
scenario. Um, and I think too, the whole idea of watching and waiting, um, sometimes seems maybe for one person, the, the perfect choice. Right. Um, but for the, for our next person to possibly wait one or two weeks, uh, for that process to start might seem, um, fearful or daunting Mm -hmm. or, um, they maybe just want that to, you know, baby to pass so they can start and go through that grieving process. Right. And have their version of closure, you know, for the baby. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we're thinking about just a, a, you know, miscarriage experience in general, you know, it is, um, it is, it is like going through a small labor. Right. And so what you can expect is, um, those, those, those initial stages, you know, are, so you might have some spotting. Mm -hmm. You might notice when you go to the bathroom that you wipe and there's some uh, blood on the toilet paper. Right. And you know, that might last, um, a little bit in hours or it might last the day or it might last a couple of days. And then there'll come a point where you start having heavier bleeding Mm -hmm. and more cramping. Um, and sometimes people say it can be like a heavy period. Right. Um, and sometimes there's even more bleeding than that. And that can be okay as well. Um, that can last anywhere generally in general. And remember, we're talking in general. So it can be less. It can be more. Um, about two to five-ish hours. Right. And I think it's good for us to kind of set up this expectation. Because I remember talking to people in my circle. And they were incredibly scared about this whole thing. Not only were they in the process of going, I'm I'm in mourning because baby is not going to be baby. Um, but now I the way that it was t- told them what was happening they were scared about what they're going to have to go to and how painful it was and how this. And so it was really a position of, of fear that they were going through this process through. Right. And I think a huge piece of it is not knowing what to expect. Right. And how long Mm -hmm. and how much and how painful all Mm -hmm. of those questions. You're right. On top of grief. Right. And so, you know, Warning signs that we talk to women about um, and pregnant people who are experiencing miscarriage is if you're bleeding heavily enough to soak two maxi pads Mm -hmm. per hour for two hours in a row, that's 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 generally too too much. Okay. Or if you just feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just gushing. Yes. Those are reasons to call your provider right away. Mm Um. To check in to say, hey, is this okay or is this not okay? So they can make a plan. This is definitely not the time to say I can go through this by myself and this is just the way it's going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And if there's, you know, I always say if there's a moment that you're at home and you're thinking, oh my gosh, should I call my provider? Uh, there's something going right, on enough exactly. that you should pick up that phone right. and call somebody. Exactly. <laughs> right. That is a great litmus test. If you're thinking it, just do it. Just do it right. because there, there absolutely is something happening yes. that's big enough. Right. You need to go you to with your heart. About your heart. Yeah. If you can't get your brain to go, never mind. Maybe you know. And don't, I think it's also one of those scenarios that a lot of our our journey, and we're talking about this, but even more broadly. 
you go, I'm just overreacting. I don't want to bother them. They're going to think that I'm being silly because maybe it's minor. And it's usually not, you know, if you go with your gut. If you mm-hmm. go with your gut. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're sitting at home wondering, right? <laughs> wow, is this really normal? You know, and and there's that fear response and you're wondering it enough. Mm-hmm. I always think that, that that is the point that you should probably reach out to somebody. Right. And not Google. Mm-hmm. Not Google. Because then and you not get six YouTube. answers. You get six <laughs> answers on WebMD. That'll make you feel worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to make those decisions. There's somebody who is knowledgeable on the other end of the phone that can help walk you and through it. And concern for your safety and yes. your health as well. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, that's kind kind of an uh, indicator for bleeding, you know, if you have a fever over 101 okay, um, and you did the watchful waiting approach, that would be a reason to check in because we're concerned about if there may be any, any infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime you start to feel unwell or um, if after everything is done and um, you've, you've, past baby and that's had that heavier bleeding and cramping and everything's kind of slowed down and you're you're working towards maybe spotting again Mm -hmm. and everything picks back up and you have more uterine cramping or a lot of abdominal pain that would be another reason to check in with your provider and you use the word if you feel unwell what is count as what counts as unwell in this scenario are we talking like additional symptoms like nausea or like what else counts what else should I be looking for that is not normal part of the process? So in the thick of it, when you're mm-hmm. in the that two to five hours where you're having, you know, heavy cramping and heavier bleeding, you might feel a little nauseous. Okay. That can be normal. Mm-hmm. It's if, you know, but if you're throwing up, if you're bleeding a lot, if you're feeling dizzy, right. if you're not able to sit down and stand up without feeling like you're going to pass out um if you're looking really pale mm-hmm. you know all of those things would be unwell okay okay there's so much to discuss on this whole thing i'm glad that we're kind of laying out the the land and and again we're doing this from a position of educating people that are out there and letting you know you're not alone we're again not trying to have you preemptively be uh so fearful of the process that you're like okay maybe i don't want to have a baby or i don't want to child this because this can happen because I did see an article that came out recently, Dr. Amy, and it was talking about decisions that, you know, families are having about whether they are choosing to, uh, especially in our COVID times, right? if they're choosing to, you know, talk about expanding their family. And I think it's good to know that a lot of these things are commonplace enough that the medical system and your provider is still prepared to help you work through it. And that has not changed. That has not changed. I've, I've had a lot of, or heard, I've heard mm-hmm. this as well, um, because we've helped women and pregnant people through miscarriage through the last six months of COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's an added layer of fear of, there's not a provider going to be available for me. I won't be able to go in and get the care that I need. I won't be seen for a miscarriage. Um, all of those things, um, you know, you know, of course, I guess I can't guarantee every provider. However, right, right. Those are instances where you will be cared for. Right. Um, and, you know, when we're helping pregnant people, you know, this last six months, you know, that miscarriage piece, we still have 
you know, them come into the office. We mm-hmm. are still doing um, ultrasounds. Um, we talk about partner involvement. Right. And if they're able to come into the office, because that's a that's a big deal where you need that emotional and physical support. Right. Um, and so, you know, and I think, too, now as as I don't want to say as everybody's kind of settled into COVID. But that's true. <laughs> but it's true. You know, we're finding processes and practices now that we're like, this is how we're going to do this, at least for the mid the middle term of these things. <laughs> I don't want to say long term or short term, but for now, it seems like the midterm, the midterm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, not being afraid to reach out for the care that you need. Don't make the assumption that you won't be taken care of or right. you won't be seen or you won't be talked to, um, especially when it comes to miscarriage. Right. So it's not going to be one of those scenarios. And I think that we were so concerned when we first went into this COVID-19 time period that we live in now that I'm going to have to do everything by myself. And this is especially one of those things where we want to remind you that, no, you don't have to be alone through this whole thing. Because this has been a very isolating, um, all of the occurrences. There's all this, don't bring extra people to this. You can't come to that with more than one people. So I understand why you would have that concern. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. And, you know, there are, you know, especially if you are experiencing these warning signs um, of what we talk about during a miscarriage, those are absolutely reasons to seek out care. And if at the very least to pick up the phone and talk to your nurse line or your provider. Well, and to I check appreciate in. that. Well, we have some more information on miscarriages, the common concerns and questions here on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with our friend Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic. And also, still time to take your calls. You can call us at 651-641-1071. So we've been covering the concept, and I'm sorry, the 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 well, we've been covering miscarriages and their common concerns and questions. So now we're going to go back to how do we even get there? So when is it time to get pregnant? Yeah. So that's the question that we hear is after um, the miscarriage process, you know, people, pregnant people or people come back and say, when okay, should I start trying again? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a great question. And generally, miscarriage is a one-time occurrence. Okay. Mm -hmm. Most women who miscarry will go on to have healthy pregnancies after they miscarriage. Um, And so that's a piece. And then there are some women, though, who and pregnant people who do miscarry after that first miscarriage. So we'll kind of talk about both scenarios. Okay. Um, So... First, though, you know, one of the things that we've really talked about is this emotional piece. Right. And so I always want to start there and just say, don't rush that grieving mm-hmm. process. You know, whatever that means for you. Um, and there's no correct timeline. Right. You know, I, I sometimes there's no cookie cutter response to right. that. Everybody handles and deals with grief differently. Right. So you don't want to look at yourself like a machine, like the sooner I can get onto the next pregnancy, the sooner I can forget it. That might be valid for some people and other people. They might go, no, I need more time before I start this again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, not discounting partners. Right. You know, um, and just checking in as um, a couple to really 
see how you're doing, where you're at and have the, have that conversation um, about that emotional piece of loss. Right. Then, um, you know, the other piece, too, is typically you um, we don't recommend having intercourse for about two weeks mm-hmm. um, after your miscarriage. It gives your body an opportunity to heal. Right. Um, it decreases the risk of infection, all of those sorts of things. But then after that two weeks or if you when you start having intercourse um, and if you ovulate, you are able to get pregnant. OK, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we recommend waiting one cycle. Okay. And then um, if that's if you're ready to start trying, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine and appropriate. If you've had um, two or more miscarriages, sometimes we'll talk with women about possibly doing more testing right whether that be blood testing or ultrasounds or more investigating right um just to see what's going on in this in your in your little personal ecosystem and to set you up for success okay might be hormones Mm -hmm. might be we might talk about genetic testing but you know again this is a conversation with your provider because i feel like everyone's story is so unique right and so again you know there are all of these options to look at but in talking with you and and learning about your history something might really stand out to say okay okay these are the things that we should think about doing um before maybe you think about getting pregnant again right you know and i'm sure you know i've had uh friends and people in my circle that they've gone like here's the strategy and here's as we go through the stages of your pregnancy, ways that we can help you um, maximize your likelihood of success. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think too, the other question we get is, okay, well, is there anything that can be done to improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy? So right. I, basically, is there any way to prevent miscarriage? Right. And, you know, oftentimes there's, there's, not a way to prevent miscarriage. Okay. And I really want um, women and pregnant people to hear this is it's not something that you did. Right. Right. You know, miscarriage um, it is not something that you did wrong or should have done better or didn't do or, you know, whatever that may be. There are a lot of those misconceptions and those old, we'll call them, you know, wife's tales. Is that yeah. what we call them when we were a kid? Um, where they say, oh, you ate the wrong thing or you walked too much or you didn't walk enough. Or there's all these reasons why we as, you know, as women beat ourselves apart and uh, beat ourselves up and go, why can't I? Yes. I'm supposed to be able to and all of those things. And I think, too, um, like so many things with pregnancy and even labor and delivery and kids, um, there's so much that we want answers for. Right. But that is out of our control. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I think um, I always say, you know, pregnancy, labor and delivery are just really starting to prepare us Mm -hmm. for all of the unknowns that are (laughs) awaiting us being parents. Exactly. (laughs) Because you do like to kind of go back to the source and go, well, if I had, if I had, then they would. And there's none of that is true. Right. I mean, there are very specific things we know we shouldn't do. Like when we say, okay, alcohol, smoking. Okay, we get it. Those yes. things, that's different. We're that's talking different. about if you did the, if you did the, I got up, I had a banana for breakfast, I drank coffee every once in a while. If you did normal everyday stuff, 
this isn't you doing right. anything wrong. You didn't sleep on your tummy one night and this happened. Exactly. <clears throat> Correct. All right. And so, um, so, so know that. And I think the nice thing is though, you know, we do talk about kind of that conception period. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ways to think about optimizing just conception, pregnancy, everything in general, but that's something we talk about for everybody. Right. And wouldn't necessarily play into a miscarriage or not, but really it's just kind of setting up your environment to be as optimal as possible for, right. for a healthy pregnancy. And so often those times, those, those things we talk about are things like your prenatal vitamins. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about vitamin D, you know, if you've been listening to the mom show for the last few years, you'll always hear me talk about vitamin D right. at some point. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's come up a lot. I have changed my vitamin D that I purchased because I'm friends with you now. Like, <laughs> I fact, have a whole different selection of things in my cabinet. <laughs> we are. I hear a lot of people say, oh, it's summer. I don't take my vitamin D. Well, you need to be taking it in Minnesota. However, right. we are heading into the fall. The dark, the dark days are coming. <laughs> I don't right. want to even say that. That's but so it horrible. Is. It's just true. It's just true. It could be in a week and a half and we could be out there going, did I, did I tune up my snowblower yet? So you're, that's just real talk. <laughs> oh, I hope not. No, <laughs> but I think a lot of those, those things of, of the conversations of like you have here on the mom show and just with your, your, your patients and clients is about just how can we just preserve your health in general? Yeah. And these things all lead to how can you be successful in lots of things, including pregnancy. Absolutely. But it is just things that you should just be doing anyway. Right. So that you are <laughs> working optimally as a human being. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, so kind of know that you can't prevent a miscarriage, but be on board for doing all the good things that you can do, right? right? That we've talked about in the past. And then really kind of thinking about don't dismiss, you know, as you enter into another pregnancy, again, that emotional piece. Right. Because that emotional piece comes back up or what emotions am I likely to experience? Mm -hmm. Likely you'll feel really joyful and excited and anxious and scared. And, you know, we talk to women and pregnant people um, in those pregnancies after they've experienced miscarriage, um, really to just acknowledge those feelings and it's okay to share those feelings. Um, And, you know, we offer sometimes things like early ultrasounds or different sorts of blood tests um, that might make sense for you in your journey uh, that help not feel so anxious. Right. Because I'm sure that that sit and wait attitude that we normally would do is a lot more difficult if you've had this situation before and had a miscarriage, like just going, I'm just going to be hands off and back up and hope everything's fine. So very, that takes a, that would take a lot of discipline that I don't think most of us would have. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if that's you, I mean, if if those are those feelings that you're experiencing or questions you have, or you want early reassurance, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And um, knowing that those are the questions to ask 
um, and what to ask for. Right. Well, we are going to get ready to wrap up. I just want to remind everybody that you do have a lot of other resources at Health Foundation and other ways that they can, as you said at the beginning of the show, be part of those communities like your lactation coaching and those kind of things. Are those still all going on virtually online? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we have a parent group that meets weekly that's virtual right now. Uh, we have a milk hour mm -hmm. um, that everybody is welcome to. Again, that's virtual. Check out our calendar. Um, we've got classes going on that are virtual. So there's still ways to connect with community. Right. Um, and connect with each other. Right. And sometimes it's, you know, that's one of the things we found. It's actually been more freeing for people because you didn't have to worry about getting a sitter. You can be part of these communities and we Absolutely. all will be together. So, Absolutely. I appreciate you, Dr. Amy, uh, being part of your community as well. We want to go up them. go to healthfoundations.com. That's healthfoundations.com. You can also find us at going to mytalk1071.com, keyword ma.